Hey, everybody. It's good to see you all. Good to be here. Good to be able to have this incredible opportunity to uh, share in the word of God. Um, I love those songs. <laughs> love those songs. Um, let's get some uh, business out of the way first, some logistical things out of the way first. If you haven't heard as of yet, um, I will let you know that there's going to be a transition here on Tuesday church. We are coming back live on August 10th. That should be exciting for everybody. That means this place can get filled up again. The seats can get filled. You know, the lunch will be served after service. All of those things are coming back on board on August the 10th. So excited about that transition happening and excited about that event. But also the underneath quality of this particular thing. You know, we've been through COVID and COVID had an incredible change in everything that we've done. And, you know, change is a pretty powerful thing. And sometimes we do well with it and sometimes we don't. Well, also part of this change is going to be I will be turning this over to Pastor Shane Hardgraves, who's going to do a fantastic job. And I will be directing some energies over at the Deland campus and uh, working hard over there. I just need you to know that it's going to be exciting. God is good. And it's going to be a wonderful thing. So just wanted to get that out there just in case you didn't know. Now you do know. No need for phone calls. Everything's fine. I'm not being booted. I'm not being fired. I'm not being kicked. I'm, none of those things are happening. I'm not tired. I'm excited. You know, <laughs> I, just, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that we have a chance to spread what we have done here. We have done a fantastic job here at Tuesday Church, and we're going to take some of that energy and share it with some other people in the land. It's just not going to be Tuesday Church. It's going to be a little bit of full service over there. And uh, so we're just kind of moving some of that momentum and some of that energy over to the Deland campus. That should make all of us very, very happy. Because we do need to expand, we need to move, and this is one of those kinds of things. So excited about that. Praise the Lord. Good to have you here today. Good to have you. You know, again, as I said, we're talking about seasons of change. How many of us realize there's always change going on in our life? Change is inevitable. I mean, it's just inevitable. I don't care what you do, something's going to change. The weather is going to change. When we were living out in California, the Fort Ord military base was right in between a city called Marina and Monterey. And in that vicinity, is right along the ocean. I mean, you could just walk out the front door to the basin uh, and just be on the ocean, be on the beach. Well, we had what they called 10-minute weather systems. Every 10 minutes, the weather would change. You get up in the morning, it'd be cool. Somebody would say, just wait 10 minutes. <laughs> and sure enough, the sun would come in and, and they go, you enjoying that? They go, yeah. They said, well, just wait 10 minutes. The clouds would roll in. So every 10 minutes, it would be this, this change in weather system. But it was glorious to watch it and experience it. But change, it's inevitable. So here's the kicker. When change happens, what are we to do? How do we control something that we're not able to control? You know, I always tell people when you, when you, you know, feed yourself on control, I always tell them, go to the water fountain and bring me back a handful of water. You can't do it because you can't control something that you can't control. So if that's the case, then what do we do? We know someone who can. We know someone who obeys 
they obey the wind. The wind and the waves obey his will. So we know someone who has that authority, has that power. So where do we go? We go to the one who has the power over the situations we can't change. Is this making sense? And when we go to God, then he gives us comfort. Sister, to share the 23rd Psalm with you, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Sometimes we read things and memorize them just to memorize them, but we forget the powerful message that lies within. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit today. We're talking about seasons of change and how to deal better with change. Because as sure as we are here, there's going to be changes today. There's going to be changes tomorrow. There's going to be changes down the road. I don't know about you. I used to wear a size three shoe. There's been some change. <laughs> There's been some change. Again, you have to realize that that is a part of life. How do we best deal with that? Let me just read you a little statement before I read the first verse. It says, our comfort and change comes from our relationship with God. Let me read it one more time. Our comfort in change comes from our relationship with God. We're going to read first from Ecclesiastics. And we all know this to be a very, very famous uh, lines or words of wisdom in Ecclesiastics about change. We're just going to read the first verse in the Amplified Translation. So Ecclesiastics chapter 3, verse 1, and it reads as follows. It says, there is a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. Now, this verse is written by somebody who has experienced these events, but also have experienced the comfort from God. So this person knows that there are going to be seasons of change and events and circumstances, but there's a God who guides you through these events and circumstances. Does that make sense to you today? So whenever we try to control the change or the control the event, that's when we run into trouble because we're not capable of doing that. And that usually ends up in a lot of angst and, 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 and depression and anger and all of those kinds of things because we can't control something that is uncontrollable. Everybody with me today? Seasons of change. You ready to have some fun? Let's deal with this. Seasons of change. Again, sister shared with you Psalms. Uh, 23 or 23rd Psalm, but we're going to read it again and we're just going to kind of break it up just a little bit because there's one instance I want you to really get today and that is the word shepherd. 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 You know, if you added an extra E in ship, it would be sheep. And if you just separated the word herd, all it is is a person who herds sheep. That's free. <laughs> that is 100% free. But it's a person who herds sheep. So we have a shepherd. We have someone who herds us as sheep. So let's read this 23rd Psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. 
He refreshes and restores my soul, my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. Psalms 23, powerful, written by somebody who understood a relationship, not a religion, but a relationship. And the best concept that they could use was a relationship or something that they had a lot of knowledge with, and that was herding sheep. So this person who wrote this must have been somewhat close to being a shepherd or was a shepherd at one time, and they knew the mechanics of how that relationship works. How the sheep and the person who herds the sheep, how that relationship works. Well, brothers and sisters, we have a relationship with God. And Jesus said that he is the good shepherd. And we're going to get to that in a minute, but I need you to understand something today. You have a shepherd. I said you have a shepherd. So as a sheep, it would be wise to have this shepherd share with you his knowledge, his protection. Think about this. The shepherd's job is to protect you, to guide you, to lead you to better grazing land, to do all of those things. Is this not what God does with us? He guides us when we follow He protects us. Even when we don't know we are being protected, he protects us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So that means whenever tough times come, he is still there. Even though the situation may look out of control, God is still there. So let's just talk about this shepherd thing for a few moments because I think it's important for us to get this. A shepherd is one who protects, guides, And provides for. Let me read that one more time. A shepherd is one who protects, guides, and provides for. The writer of the 23rd Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd. Not was, not going to be, but is, which is a constant, eternal, present tense. Is God your shepherd? That means he protects you. You know, even when you feel scared, he's still there. You know, I can imagine that if I'm in a sheep pen and the wolves have began to circle in search of food, I can hear the growls, the snarls of the wolf. But I know I have a shepherd. 
So what the sheep will usually do, they'll get closer to the sheep pen fence, wherever that shepherd is standing. They'll get closer to him to stand closer to him because they know he is going to protect them because their relationship has always been that. He would be there to protect them in dangerous times. How many of us know that that's who God is? See, sometimes Satan did this in the Garden of Eden. Satan wanted to replace the beauty of that intimacy, that intimate relationship. So he wanted Adam and Eve to end their relationship with God and then put those kinds of needs into him or into something else. Well, the world hasn't changed much. They still want us to have comfort in something that really cannot provide comfort. Are y'all still with me this morning? So sometimes we put our energies, we put our faith in things that really don't have comfort. You know, I think about people who build idols. Can you imagine in your wood shop, you take a couple months and you carve out an idol and you paint it and you do all of those things. And then you take it out and present it to the people and they fall down and pray to it. You just made the thing in your shop. But now you want to give it power. You want to give it strength. You want to give it something that it really cannot provide because it was man-made. God made everything we see, smell, touch, or taste. God created that. That's who we should put our faith in. That's who we should have this relationship with. Don't let anything come between you and your shepherd. Somebody say amen. Let's go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're going to be reading verses 10 through 16 in the New Living Testament translation. And it reads as follows. It says, and this is Jesus speaking. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Well, he's making a definite distinction right now. The thief's purpose, the whole reason for the existence of the thief It's to steal and kill and destroy. Now, Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we have two entities that are fighting, right? We have a Jesus who wants to give us an abundant life, give us rich and satisfying life. But we also have a thief who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's listen closely. It says... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I like it when adjectives modify nouns. The good shepherd. You know, because there are some shepherds, and we'll get to this in a little bit, who aren't that very good. (laughs) There are some shepherds that are actually hirelings, and they run when times get tough. Listen to me. Whenever change comes, it's tough. And whenever change takes place, it's tough. But you need a shepherd that will remain even in tough times. So Jesus says, I'm the what? Good shepherd. The good shepherd. He says here, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. 
Okay, so now we have a good shepherd, we have a thief, and now we have a hireling. (laughs) The hireling resembles the shepherd because he has a staff. He stands in that position, but he doesn't stand when trouble comes. He doesn't stand when hard times come. He runs. You know, a wise preacher told me a long time ago, he said, Ben, he said, trouble, oppositions, and obstacles will always challenge your intent to serve God. So what do you do when trouble comes? What do you do when obstacles come? What do you do when opposition rises? What do you do if your job is to serve the sheep, to feed the sheep? What do you do? You will be tested in that area. As a shepherd, you'll be tested. You don't want to be a hireling. You can't run off and just leave sheep. God will never run off and leave you. Well, pastor, it feels like it feels like I'm all by myself. Feelings are pretty dumb. <laughs> Feelings don't know what day of the week it is. Feelings don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They really don't know. Truth is eternal. And the truth is he will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, pastor, how does that look? Because I feel forsaken. It, it seems like I'm forsaken. Those are just feelings again. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. Now, listen to me. In the midst of a situation or a change, he may prune you. (laughs) You may get pruned. Yeah. And he may discipline you, as it says in Hebrews. You may need, you know, you may get disciplined. And those things aren't always pleasant. I don't know about you. I can remember my mama disciplining us. I think is a really nice term to use. I think that would be politically correct. (laughs) Disciplining us. You know, back then, you couldn't go to jail for what mama did. (laughs) Today, you could probably end up in prison for some of the stuff mom did. But she was trying to discipline her knucklehead boys. God will discipline us at some time. So, again, we can confuse what's happening. But the basic line is this. You have a shepherd who won't leave you. So if your shepherd is there, then the event that is happening to you is happening for your good. Even though it may be a little bit painful or distracting or depressing for a minute, it's going to be for your good. Is this making sense to anybody? Because he is the shepherd who doesn't leave. He is the good shepherd. He's not the hireling. He won't run when the wolf comes. Let's read on. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. This is powerful stuff, brothers and sisters. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. No, the word no is a a situation that is compiled with experience and knowledge. Those two things come together. When you know something, there's some experiences involved in that that allows you to come to this conclusion. So have you experienced your shepherd? Do you know that your shepherd will be there for you? Then you can say that. I know. (laughs) He knows me. I know him. He knows me. I know him. I know him because I've experienced him. I know that he's been there in my darkest hours. I know that he has blessed me. He has given me new life. He has refreshed me. He has restored me. I know that to be true. So I have a shepherd. 
How about you? He says, just as my father knows me and I know the father relationship again. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. How true is that? Did Jesus not sacrifice his life for us? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. As the song says, he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have changed that situation or circumstance. But he gave his life. He sacrificed himself for you and I. What a great shepherd. Can you imagine having a staff and a bear comes? (laughs) The bear wants to eat your sheep. And your only defense is a staff. Yeah, I know. I could I could hear some people running right now. I I, I, I can hear breath because they're taking off. But again, if you know you're the only thing between that wolf or that bear and these sheep, you can't run. You have to believe that God will give you what you need to defend your sheep against whatever attack is coming towards them is this making sense to anybody today see that's why shepherds under shepherds at churches have to be people who realize you can't just run off and leave people now listen to me you can make sure that there's a shepherd that follows the shepherd if you go to shepherd another group of sheep is anybody still here today jesus said one time i got this sheep here and he'll say it in the verse but i got a whole nother flock A whole nother flock that this flock doesn't know anything about. And he has to shepherd them as well. Y'all with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Listen, I have other, here it is. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be what? One flock with one shepherd. Is this good news? See, understanding the power of what God is doing right now. Again, my shepherd. He's my shepherd. The verse goes, I shall not want. Wow. I shall not want. It says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How incredible is that? See, you don't even have to listen to me. You don't have to worry about who your enemies are because your shepherd protects you from your enemies. Matter of fact, he does it so well. He'll prepare a table for you to dine at in front of your enemies and your enemies will be present but can't touch you. I don't know about you. That's good news. So don't worry about who you say the enemies are. Let God handle that part. He said, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Let's go to another verse. Let's go to John chapter 10. Let's go to verse 25. Same chapter. Same translation. We're going to begin to read it. Verse 25. It says, Jesus replied, I have already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do. In my father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. So, how do we become his sheep? By believing. By confessing with our mouths and believing in our hearts. Accepting Jesus Christ as our savior, but also as our shepherd. 
If we don't accept him, if we don't have faith that he is exactly who God says he is, then how then does this shepherd protect you? Because what you will do when it's time for the shepherd to protect you, you'll run because you don't have trust or reliance upon that shepherd. So you'll run to something else or to someone else that you think will protect you or that has the power to do so. And that is going to be dangerous because man can never protect you. Somebody say amen. He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. (laughs) I know them and they follow me. Even when you don't know where they're going. Now, sheep, we know, are incredibly beautiful (laughs) animals. Dumb as a rock. (laughs) I mean, dumb as a rock. As a rock. So when this analogy is being taught to us, is actually speaking to us in a very nice way. You know, it's not saying, you know, you're dumb as a rock. It's saying you're a sheep. <laughs> That's what we are. And in this context, we follow the shepherd. We follow the shepherd. Now, if you don't watch yourself, you'll follow a hireling. And when danger comes, that hireling will do what? The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are y'all still with me today? So again, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. How long is never? No one can snatch them away from me. I don't know about you. If that ain't comfort, I don't know what is. So. This relationship that we have, this intimate relationship we have with our shepherd, we belong to him, he belongs to us. And he says nobody will be able to snatch us out of his hands. That's a 24-hour, 367. Is it 365? How many days in a year? I just added two, didn't I? Yeah. Okay, 365. (laughs) Full-time shepherd. Full-time. He's a full-time shepherd. And the beauty of this is... He's always with us. He never runs off. He never leaves. He is the good shepherd. So what I need you to do is make sure your dependence, your reliance is upon the shepherd, upon this good shepherd, Jesus, who never changes, who never fails, who never sleeps, who never slumbers, never does any of those things. He's always on the job looking out for you. And for me, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. So the creator of everything, Jesus was there when the world was created. It tells us that in the book of John. So this intimate relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is continuous and everlasting and eternal. But we get entered into it whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we enter into this area of protection. We enter into this area of being consoled, being comforted, but also being disciplined, also being pruned. So hear me today. Stand. When you've done all you know to do, 
stand. Stand where? Stand with the other sheep and let the good shepherd take care of you. But stand. Don't run. Don't get frightened. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Stand. Why? Because change is going to come. The shepherd's job is to guide us from one place of grazing to another place of grazing. So that means change. That means you'll have to take up the fence posts, pack them, and then hurt us. Have his little sidekick dog yell and scream at us and yap at us as we move forward. But he takes us to a higher ground. Is this making sense to anybody today? He is our shepherd. That's what he does. One last verse and I'm going to let you go home. First Peter chapter 2. Reading this in the Amplified. First Peter chapter 2. It says, for even to this were ye called. It is inseparable from your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example so that you should follow in his footsteps. He was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit, guile ever found on his lips. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not, he did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance. But he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. He personally bore our sins in his own body on the, on the tree as, as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die. Cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like so many sheep. But now you have come back to the shepherd and guardian. The bishop of your souls. You know, in my car, I have a GPS system, a global positioning system. Anybody got that in their car? And with great confidence, when I need to go somewhere, I will put the address in there and I'll, and I'll know. I may not know where this place is, but I believe my GPS does. So I'll put the address in there and then I follow the directions of the poor little lady. They got trapped in my console. No, I mean, no. <laughs> I'll follow the directions of the voice that comes out of my GPS system. I follow it. No hesitation. No, nothing. I'll follow it. Even if I make the wrong turn, they will tell me recalculating and take me another way. But I have confidence in my GPS system. Well, listen, brothers and sisters, we have a shepherd who was the creator of everything that there is created. He was present when everything was created. He is the exact radiance of God himself. That shepherd is now my shepherd. So my global positioning unit is God positioning himself, guiding me to success. If I follow my shepherd, he will guide me to higher grazing ground. He will guide me to places that he keeps me protected. So my shepherd does that for me. Say, well, pastor, how do I really get that relationship? I stop 
trying to be my own GPS. I trust him because I don't know what tomorrow brings. But I know who controls tomorrow. So I trust him. I don't know how tomorrow is going to work out. I don't. But I do know a God who does. That's my shepherd. Can I trust him today? Yes. So in this season of change, I'm asking you to trust the shepherd. Keep doing your great work. Keep doing your great work, your great job. Keep doing those things. Trust the shepherd. He's going to take you places. You know, um, I'm honored to work with great people here. Great, great, great people who consistently week after week produce, come up with great songs, play great music, sing great songs, you know, do all the tech stuff record things in a magnificent way this is such a magnificent thing but we are all sheep together in a sheepfold protected by the shepherd who guides us all and he puts all this stuff together and he keeps guiding us to better positions to better take care of the other sheep so let's keep doing that trust god trust your shepherd trust your shepherd Because goodness and mercy shall follow you (laughs) all the days of your life. I said goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Love your shepherd. Listen to your shepherd. Follow your shepherd. I thank you so much for hanging out with us today, talking about seasons of change. We're going to uh, uh, talk about this a couple more weeks because, again, we have great changes coming up. And I need everybody to be prepared for that. Again, how do I know that it's going to work out great? God doesn't fail as long as we follow him. When we get in his way, when we jump and try to be our own shepherd, that's when trouble comes. So listen to me. Stand. When you've done all that you can do, stand. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week in the Lord. And remember, church hasn't started yet. This was just service. You are the church. It's time for you to leave this service and go out there and be the church. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week.